Hello, my name is Tamara Cottery, and I'm your host for today's podcast. This is the third and final podcast in a workplace literacy series that has been sponsored by Literacy Northwest. In our last podcast, we focused on how to create workplace literacy partnerships and on strategies, good practices, and resources that literacy and basic skills networks, literacy agencies, and community partners can use to increase their capacity to deliver workplace literacy support to employers. In today's podcast, our discussion will focus on the relationship between apprenticeship and adult literacy programming, and we'll introduce some do's and don'ts, some tips, as well as some resources. With me today is Matthew Shulman. Matthew is the Executive Director of the Peel Halton Dufferin Adult Learning Network. He has extensive knowledge about apprenticeship, which he has shared with his local adult literacy agencies, and he's facilitating the provincial community of practice for apprenticeship under Skills for Success. Thanks, Matthew, for taking the time to be with us today. You're welcome, Tamara. I'm happy to be here. Some listeners may be surprised to hear that we're doing a podcast on apprenticeship and adult literacy. The connection or potential connection between literacy and basic skills and apprenticeship has long been recognized. Recognized, but not necessarily acted upon. Why do you think this is the case, Matthew? How would you describe the connection between apprenticeship and adult literacy to someone new to the topic? And why do you think it's a partnership that's attracting attention right now? You know, those are two really big topics, but let's address the connection between apprenticeship and literacy first. For a variety of reasons, having to do with the economic and technological change, story for another time perhaps, we started promoting post-secondary education as the default next step after high school. This was not always the case, of course, but has been for many years now. In this push to prepare students for post-secondary, we signaled to students and their families that other pathways to stable occupations were less viable. This was never true, but that's the view that took hold. We eventually realized what happened, but it's very difficult to change perceptions once they are deeply and widely held. It's hard to change hearts and hearts and minds, but you can change processes. So we started to systematize the pathway to some types of employment now referred to as skilled trades and called it the apprenticeship system. Systems have a way of becoming more and more complex and complexity reduces accessibility. So not only have the job paths increased in complexity, mainly due to technological change, but the system has also increased in complexity. So the type and level of skills required to work productively and navigate the pathways to apprenticeship have increased dramatically. And that's the short version of why there's an increasing connection between literacy skills and apprenticeship, but it's very complicated. And if you want to play a game while you listen to this podcast, you can count how many times I say, well, it's complicated. (laughs) Now, To your second question, related to why apprenticeship and literacy is a partnership that's attracting a lot of attention right now, this one is a little easier to figure out. It's through a combination of design and coincidence that apprenticeship and literacy literacy and basic skills, uh, both systems of adult training, ended up together in a ministry that already had responsibility for workplace safety, which often intersects with the types of workplaces where apprentices and journey persons work. I'm referring, of course, to the Ministry of Labor, Immigration, Training, and Skills Development. It's always been the case that government policymakers find it easier to find intersection points within ministries than across ministries. Once these program areas came together, 
it was inevitable that there would be a push to integrate the systems to try to address longer standing objectives. We see this in numerous, in numerous initiatives, such as explicit references to academic upgrading and LBS in the pre-apprenticeship call for proposals, as well as apprenticeship being identified as one of the initiatives in the two-year Skills for Success provincial project. Thanks, Matt. Let's talk a bit more about Skills for Success. I'm not sure that all of our listeners will be familiar with Skills for Success, perhaps more so with the nine essential skills. Skills for Success are a rebrand of the essential skills. The federal government decided it was time to review the nine essential skills to see how relevant they are to today's workplaces. And as a result of this review, some changes have been made. For example, there's definitely a greater emphasis in skills for success on soft skills or interpersonal skills. And there's recognition that today's workforce has to problem solve, adapt, and innovate. Digital skills now extend far beyond just being able to use a computer, and communication in the workplace is increasingly important given how diverse our workplaces are becoming. So there's a bit of context for our listeners. It seems like all levels of government are becoming interested in skills development, probably because the labor market challenges we're seeing require concerted efforts among funders, policymakers, and support organizations. Let's draw our focus back to literacy and basic skills and apprenticeship. Matt, how would you describe the role of literacy and basic skills in apprenticeship? Hmm. Um, the literacy, uh, the LBS role in apprenticeship is hard to define. Uh, it's one of the five pathways we serve our learners in, but that probably doesn't give you too much clarification. Um, an apprenticeship can last five years. So when and how does LBS bet best fit into an apprentice's journey. I think it's better to think about the LBS role in three main areas of support. One, exploration, two, assessment, and three, development. I talked earlier about how the apprenticeship system is complex. Helping learners to navigate complex systems is one of the areas of expertise for LBS agencies. We help learners find their way into other educational systems like adult credit and college, we support learners in accessing community resources through referrals and other wraparound supports. So we can do the same for learners interested in starting an apprenticeship. But I'll say it again, it's a very complex system. Everyone has heard of plumbers, but it's not intuitive how to become one, especially for adults with no prior exposure to the trade, whether it's from family or friends. You know, there's lots of television shows about police, firefighters, doctors, lawyers, but there aren't any about plumbers, at least that I can think of. You know, try and name three plumbers that you hear about in pop culture and we'd be here all day. We know some adult learners come to adult literacy agencies without a defined employment goal. They come because they want to improve their prospects and they know one way to do that is to upgrade their skills. Most LBS practitioners don't know a whole lot about apprenticeship. and That's not a criticism. It actually makes a lot of sense. So few of our learners are on the apprenticeship path right now that it's understandable that we wouldn't spend much time focusing on it when there's so much else to know about the other pathways. But that will change, I think, and we can make that change happen faster by helping our learners explore making an apprenticeship part of their longer-term goals. Imagine most LBS practitioners think they do know about apprenticeship, that you have to find an employer and sign with the Ministry of Labor, Immigration, Training, and Skills Development, and that being an apprentice means that you'll do most of your learning on the job with some time spent in school. What else do you think that LBS practitioners need to know? Well, I don't think practitioners need to be experts in apprenticeship. 
but it would be helpful for most practitioners to be aware of the basics, a little bit more than what you just listed. And for some practitioners, they should know quite a bit more. Like what, Matthew? Can you give us some examples? Sure. Uh, well, as I'm fond of saying, the apprenticeship system is complex, and there is a lot to know, whether it's at system level, uh, within each individual trade, and I think there are like 144 recognized trades in Ontario right now, um, but also at the community level uh, with who your local stakeholders are. Uh, LBS practitioners should understand the general apprenticeship system because it will be their job to make that abstraction relevant and accessible for their learners. You know, a learner starts out thinking about what their skills and interests are and what jobs they would like to pursue. They don't start out wondering whether they might prefer a compulsory or a non-compulsory trade or whether it's possible to get a Red Seal endorsement. That comes much, much later. And yet, it's, it's those distinctions that's often how the apprenticeship system is presented. I think it's the wrong approach, and LBS practitioners are uniquely positioned to help learners translate their interests and aptitudes into an apprenticeship. But, you know, practitioners have to understand the system themselves. They should also realize that LBS can't support a learner alone. Uh, at some point, learners will need to connect with employment services or a union, uh, the ministry, or even an online registration portal. The good news, I think, is that professional development is on the way. Listeners might be interested to know that provincial literacy support orgs uh, are developing resources to support apprenticeship and to help LBS program staff to further support learners with an apprenticeship goal. Uh, I hope we'll tell you how to find those resources uh, at the end of this podcast. I agree, Matthew, that LBS practitioners can and would be willing to play a stronger role in ensuring adult learners know more about apprenticeship and how to prepare for this pathway. Given that the need for skilled tradespersons is so strong, and it's likely that messaging about the benefits of apprenticeship will be shared by other and some stronger voices than LBS. Do you think LBS providers should be preparing for increased interest by adult learners in apprenticeship? And if adult learners interested in apprenticeship start appearing in LBS agencies in greater numbers, what can LBS providers do to prepare? Well, I think there's going to be a lot more interest in skilled trades in the coming years. Uh, we've been saying this for a long time, but I think it's probably going to, going to come true eventually. Uh, but it's not because uh, high schools put up a lot of colorful posters with pictures of people in the trades, you know, some smiling, smiling people in the pictures. Um, I think it's because of a number of other factors that are really creating the perfect situation uh, for people who want to work by interacting with the physical world. So let me let me talk to you about what I mean. Um, here are some of the factors: aging demographics. Uh, there's the shifting of the global supply chain back to North America after a long time of globalization. That may be reversing. Uh, and maybe even artificial intelligence. So all those things will come together to generate really good opportunities in the trades. You know, just as an aside, it seems far more likely that artificial intelligence may replace a lawyer who just, you know, manipulate words than replacing an electrician who actually deals with you know, matter. Uh, I don't see an artificial intelligence computer doing that anytime soon. And it won't take long for people to notice when office jobs start being replaced but the skilled trade jobs are not being replaced nearly as quickly. So whenever there's a large societal shift that we're about to experience, eventually LBS feels that change too. We've seen it before. Uh, whenever there was more interest in attending post-secondary programs, LBS academic upgrading programs eventually grew. Uh, when immigration levels increase, 
eventually more newcomers find their way into LBS programs too. It's going to be the same with apprenticeships. When registrations really start to increase, you know, based on actual interest and demand uh, for those jobs, uh, surely LBS will feel that change. And this can mean that LBS providers need to be prepared to assess, which is the second area that I mentioned. Remember, exploration was one, assess, assessment is two. Uh, and they'll have to do that in a couple of ways. First, they need to figure out just how much an adult learner actually knows about apprenticeship. Again, many people have heard that apprenticeship is in demand, but they may not know the length of time it takes to complete an apprenticeship, uh, that an apprenticeship is a combination of on-the-job and in-school training, or really be able to name more than two or three types of the more common apprenticeships. But once an adult learner knows more about apprenticeship in general, and perhaps has selected a particular trade, then LBS practitioners will need to be able to assess an adult learner's skills and prerequisites in relation to their goal path. So what does that mean, Matthew? Like, what does it mean to assess in relation to the apprenticeship goal path? Yeah, good question. Well, LBS providers, you know, as part of common assessment, are expected to be able to assess any adult learner in relation to any of the five goal paths, which we've already mentioned, apprenticeship is one. I think that this is perhaps the goal path that LBS practitioners are least prepared to assess for. Uh, the good news, and I talked about the wealth of resources available for practitioners, the good news is that Literacy Northwest has done some really awesome work in identifying assessment tools that relate to each identified pathway. And uh, podcast listeners may be interested in a resource called Common Assessment for the OLCF Goal Path Apprenticeship version and the Skilled Trades Resource Compendium. Both of those can be found on Literacy Northwest website. Thanks, Matthew. It's always helpful to hear resources that have already been developed. You don't always need to reinvent the wheel. You just need to be redirected to good resources that already exist. So we've talked about two key roles for LDS practitioners, helping adult learners explore apprenticeship and assessing in relation to apprenticeship. And you mentioned that the third role is to actually support apprentices in developing skills. So when and how do you see the development of skills happening? Yeah, this one's so important. There are several times in an apprentice's journey when LBS programming could play an important role. And I see three discrete opportunities for LBS. One is before an individual becomes an apprentice. Uh, the second is while an apprentice is working and learning. And the third is just before an apprentice becomes a journey person. So before an individual becomes an apprentice, do you mean when they're still an LDS learner? Yeah, I'm sort of talking about pre-apprenticeship. And I mean that both with uppercase P and lowercase P. I know that sounds a bit odd, but <laughs> I'll explain. Um, most LDS practitioners have heard about the uppercase P. That is the pre-apprenticeship training program. It's funded by the Ministry of Labor, Immigration, Training and Skills Development. It's offered annually and is intended to encourage new entrants to participate in the technical and employability skills needed uh, to be job ready. And it's no cost to the participants. And it's supposed to be for trades that are in high demand areas. Uh, we often hear that finding a sponsor, which is either an employer or a union, uh, usually can be one of the more challenging parts of becoming an apprentice. And so this helps them with that, with that part. Uh, and it often includes paid work placement. So you can find these programs at colleges, trade unions, and other organizations uh, that uh, apply to deliver pre-apprenticeship training programs. So how then does LBS fit into pre-apprenticeship? Yeah, it's a really good example of the integration we talked about earlier, uh, the integration within the ministry. 
the pre-apprenticeship programs have been around for a while. You know, get get this. So uh, I collect old uh, guidelines, uh, lots of ministry documents, and for a lark, I pulled up the 2005 call for proposals. I told you this program's been around for a while, and I compared it to this year's call. So in the uh, 2005 guidelines, it said projects may include academic upgrading, may include academic upgrading. And in this past year, in the 2022 version, the guidelines said projects should include foundational and academic upgrading. And then goes on to reference the LBS program and even provides a link to a list of providers to make it easier for applicants to, uh, to find us. So, you know, to the normal person, uh, this might seem like a very small change in wording. But in government documents, and we live and breathe government documents for uh, part of our job, every word is chosen by design. And these words come from other internal policy documents and other strategic plans that the government has. So the move from may include to should include is rather a big change in thinking and signals a change to, to, uh, to our system and all of the relevant stakeholders. Uh, it's certainly a recognition of the role that LBS can play in strengthening the foundational skills of pre-apprentices and to make sure they meet the academic requirements, uh, but also to have the skills to be ready for in-class training. Uh, LBS programs can do assessments with incoming pre-apprentices and they can provide short-term targeted, targeted training uh, or programming as part of the training, the overall training that pre-apprentices get. I like what you're saying, Matt, and I know that LAUNA, also known as Laborers International Union of North America, in at least three or four communities in Ontario, has been working with local LBS partners to address the upgrading needs of pre-apprentices. And we'll tell our listeners how to access this and other great resources at the end of the podcast. But LBS agencies can also support pre-apprenticeship in other ways, right? Oh, for sure. And, and that's kind of what I meant by the lowercase p in pre-apprenticeship. I simply mean, you know, the time before someone registers as an apprentice. And no question, some LBS programs are already doing their own version of this type of pre-apprenticeship, you know, focusing on general information and skill building for adult learners. And these agencies may explore what's involved in becoming an apprentice, provide information about the different trades, and even give some trade-specific skill building in areas like math or soft skills. Soft skills. You know, everyone seems to be talking about soft skills and how employers are looking for employees with soft skills, but even an apprenticeship? Yeah, even an apprenticeship. And I knew, Tamara, you'd pick up on the word soft skills. You're, you're fond of that. Uh, yeah, so trades are primary thought primarily thought of working with your hands, but you know, that's an outdated and kind of an erroneous characterization. The trades are thinking, problem solving, collaborative jobs, and those are soft skills and other ones are essential too. So, you know, for an example, look at any training standard logbook on the Skilled Trades Ontario website. Of course, there's a lot of emphasis on the technical skills required. For example, automotive service technicians, you know, they got to repair engines. Uh, but they also diagnose and troubleshoot. So diagnose and troubleshoot, those sound a lot like thinking and problem-solving skills to me. And don't forget about communication, adaptability, creativity, innovation. All of those skills are found in the new Skills for Success framework. The other thing to keep in mind is that as trades attract more interest from all parts of society, including you know, many underrepresented groups, collaboration skills become more valuable. It's what we used to call working with others, in the essential skills framework, 
But the new term in the Skills for Success framework uh, includes a definition which uh, also mentions inclusivity and respect for diversity. So there appear to be several important roles for LBS and pre-apprenticeship. How and why would LBS be involved in working with apprentices who have already signed on with an employer? In an apprenticeship, uh, most of the training takes place on the job with your sponsor, but there is a smaller portion that happens in class. Uh, and un unfortunately, but often, it's the classroom training where some apprentices struggle or where other issues emerge. You know, while the nature of the classroom training may differ from trade to trade, it could be part-time, full-time, online, it's still a classroom, you know, with many of the expectations and behaviors we all know about classroom learning, whether it's reading materials, writing notes, doing exercises, and test taking. And this mode of learning requires a very different skill set from the trade itself, from learning on the job itself. Struggles in the classroom can stall an apprentice on their path to becoming a journey person, and sometimes even you know, dissuade an apprentice from continuing at all. So partnerships between training delivery agencies and LBS programs could produce some innovative approaches to providing that just-in-time upgrading for apprentices and keep them moving forward on their journey. Well, that does sound like a really good connection, especially if it could save apprentices time and support them along their way to becoming journey persons, at which point they can potentially support others becoming part of the skilled trades. What's the third way that LBS can support apprentices? You mentioned before they become journey persons? Yeah, yeah. So this one isn't thought of as much, but uh, I think it can be just as critical for some for some apprentices. Uh, so just back up a sec. Once an apprentice has completed their in-school session and completed the number of hours and the performance objectives that they need to do on the job, some trades require them to write a final exam to obtain the certificate of qualification. And these exams are a beast, right? They can take sometimes up to four hours. They include about 150 questions. And most of those questions are multiple choice format. So not only do you have to know the subject matter, but multiple choice testing requires excellent reading comprehension, careful concentration, and really the ability to control your own nerves and test anxiety. So it's a test format that may not always be the best, uh, the best way for apprentices to demonstrate their skills and knowledge. Here's where LBS can play a role in supporting apprentices to prepare for those final exams. Test, test preparation is already a component of LBS programming uh, when they work with learners who want to apply to college or do grade 12 equivalency exams like the GED. A short LBS program at this critical point in an apprentice's journey could have a really big impact on provincial about the provincial completion rates. So Matt, earlier in the podcast, you mentioned uh, Skilled Trades Ontario. What is the role of Skilled Trades Ontario and why might an LBS agency or partner access Skilled Trades Ontario? Yeah, it is, it is important to know about Skilled Trades Ontario. Basically, they're a new crown agency. They replace the old Ontario Colleges of Trades, and it's responsible for Skilled Trades certification in Ontario. So it does things like establish the apprenticeship program, assess the experience and qualifications of individuals who have not completed an apprenticeship program in Ontario. Uh, it issues those certification, certificates of qualification that I mentioned before. It maintains a public register of people authorized to work in the compulsory trades and conducts research in relation to apprenticeship and the trades. It's a really good resource for LBS, LBS practitioners who might feel they don't know much about a particular trade. 
Uh, if you go to their website, the skilledtradesontario.ca, you can find training standards for each apprenticeship. The training standards outlines the things that apprentices are expected to learn on the job and can be very informative in putting together a learning plan. Thanks, Matt. I mean, especially since you mentioned there are 144 different trades at present in Ontario. So I can see how the, the training standards would be an excellent resource. Moving forward, do you think that there'll be increased opportunities or expectations for adult literacy and apprenticeship to integrate? And if so, how might LBS agencies prepare for such a future? Oh, absolutely. You know, we've talked about the constellation of programs now housed in one ministry. But integration takes time, but it is happening. Uh, most significant, though, is the external forces that will make integration easier and more compelling for LBS agencies and the other actors in the apprenticeship system. This is really an opportune time for LBS agencies to be taking you know, small, deliberate steps to invest in their capacity to support potential and current apprentices. Some of the areas to consider, of course, are professional development for practitioners. Uh, we need to help practitioners get more comfortable and knowledgeable about apprenticeship. But we also need to think critically about how to support LBS agencies with the necessary curriculum and learning materials related to apprenticeship. Also, LBS agencies can learn more about their local apprenticeship landscape. You know, who are the players? Who's offering those pre-apprenticeship programs we talked about? Who's offering targeted training specific to a particular trade? Uh, now more than ever, it's important for these kinds of LBS efforts to be coordinated and shared across the community. So we've talked about the importance of professional development, and we've also talked about how it's important not to reinvent the wheel if you don't have to. So Matthew, where would you suggest our listeners go for adult literacy resources on apprenticeship? Okay, so let's let's think of a few. You know, let's first, you know, sort of double down on that point I made that we need to work together to make those connections between literacy and apprenticeship. But there's some resources, fantastic resources that point the way and show us how to do that. Uh, I can think of the top 10 apprenticeship resources. I can think of employer-focused skilled trades resources. And, you know, since there's also uh, a growing focus on apprenticeship, and certainly it's a big focus as part of Skills for Success, there is the Provincial Community of Practice for Apprenticeship. And as part of those ongoing discussions, helpful resources are continually being identified, brought to people's attention, and shared. Uh, of course, there's the provincial LBS support organizations who continue to update and develop resources, and they have collaborated to develop a website where agencies can find the new Skills for Success resources, including those on apprenticeship. Well, thanks, Matthew. Um, I think that's all the time that we have for today. But I really appreciate that you took the time to be with us and to share your experiences, your tips, and your strategies. It definitely sounds as though the time is right for literacy and basic skills and apprenticeship to build on some of the relationships that have already been developed and to continue to show how together we can work to address the needs of pre-apprentices and apprentices. For links to the resources that we referred to during this podcast, I encourage you to look under the resource section at northernliteracy.ca. That's northernliteracy.ca. Thanks so much, Matthew.